everyone, and welcome to the third week of the Subs Step It Up September program. We are well underway with all our activities, and it's great to see so many of you getting involved with everything. This is now our third podcast, and we welcome all existing and new listeners to hopefully learn something new today. My name is Charlotte. And I'm Varun. And this is the Subs Step It Up September podcast. Today, we will be discussing how to stand out during the interview stage of the application process. We will be talking about all things interviews, including preparation, etiquette, video Zoom interviews, and how to bring your resume to life when answering questions. Joining us today is Oscar Olson, a director in the fixed income desk at UBS. Oscar has had extensive experience interviewing applicants for both the internship and graduate positions throughout the years. Thanks for joining us today, Oscar. No worries at all. Pleasure to be here. We're looking forward to hearing all the tips and tricks you've got to share, but just to start, maybe a quick story. Uh, can you tell us about your best interview experience? Yeah, so definitely. I guess when I, when I think about the best interview experience or the best candidate I've seen, the word genuine really comes to mind. Like the interest they had in the role was, was like, was a genuine one. They displayed their, their knowledge, I guess, of our market, which to be perfectly honest, can be a bit opaque at times um, and had like really solid fundamentals. Um, but I guess it's not all about like how much they knew. It was also about like how much they didn't know. I think they, they recognized their own limitations and, and the fact that they kind of recognized the areas that they were weaker on. Um, and they were kind of happy to acknowledge that. And, and I guess the really like tougher questions that we had to ask them, they, they were kind of happy to work through that logically without having the actual, say, rote learned answer or, or it wasn't the perfect answer, but it's like, I mean, the, the methodology of getting through it was there. And I guess seeing that thought pattern when you're kind of one-on-one -on -one with a candidate or seeing them come across something unfamiliar to them is actually almost more interesting than like hearing a rote learned answer itself. So I, I guess, yeah, just that genuinity, uh, if that's a word, yeah, that's kind of, that stands out to me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really insightful. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, just, you, you mentioned about preparation and, and how like sometimes rote learning isn't the best way to go. Can you speak to how you recommend applicants to prepare for interviews? Yeah, definitely. I mean, preparation is, I think, probably like one of the most crucial parts of, of going through the in interview process. And I mean, it can be really daunting in terms of like how to prepare and, and how much to prepare. And I think you, uh, you do need to strike some sort of balance. I think as an interviewer, when you hear really canned responses or say it's just pretty much a, a dead script, it's really obvious for number one, and it just feels really um, kind of you know, lifeless. And it doesn't feel like you're gonna get much kind of back and forth. Cause I guess during an interview, you kind of want to get to know them as a person. I mean, you got really limited time with these candidates. So you kind of thinking about like, all right, I'm gonna be working with these people for the next X years. And, and this guy's kind of just giving me like writing from a page. But if, if we're gonna get really deep into it, in terms of how to prepare for an interview, there's always going to be multiple components to an interview, right? You're going to have your your technical questions. You're going to have your behavioural and, like, I guess, those softer skill questions. You're going to have to tell them about yourself at some point. 
Uh, and then there's like also the the role or the industry knowledge. So it's probably easier to like kind of break those down into segments. And I think the first one is like just knowing who you are. And this is actually something you probably can have pretty like, this is the one thing I'd, I'd be say is allowable that you can have at the ready. So this is uh, first of all, kind of what your name is, what you're studying um, and where, where you're from as well, just kind of like your background. Say you grew up in another country and, and like why you're here. And then also jumping into kind of like your motivation, you can throw that in there. So why do you want to work in that particular industry? What kind of influences or people who have influenced you are who they are and, and, and kind of why you're going down this path. So that's, that's something you can really have pre-prepared. And then, but then kind of getting into everything else, obviously it gets a bit more tricky. Those behavioral and soft skill questions are probably like the hardest things to prepare for. I guess there's no right answer to these, just just good answers. Uh, and I mean, when you're kind of going into a specific company's interview process, you got to think, all right, well, like there is a way to kind of shortcut a little bit on these soft skill questions because every firm is trying to drive some sort of culture or they have qualities that they want kind of in their people, right? And I mean, if you go onto kind of any any organization's webpage, they'll probably have some of these key traits. Maybe it's client focus or integrity, collaboration. You kind of know that or in the background somewhere, HR, you're going to be kind of graded on these um, qualities in some respect. Because at the end of the day, like it's not like a pure feel thing, these... Um, these interviews, there, there is like some sort of criteria as like a formal grading system. So, so what's going to be driving that? It's going to be the HR. It's going to be this overall like cultural strategy. So on their webpage, there, there'll be um, there'll be these qualities, and I think you can kind of start by like taking out, say, one of those qualities, say it's collaboration for an example, and then you can probably sit there and think about examples from your life where you've had to say work in a work in a team a different size teams composed of like different backgrounds you can kind of brainstorm out those ideas um, and those experiences simply write them down in terms of uh, what happened and that's probably like the the minor aspect to these answers as well just fyi so I guess like the, the what and the context is, is pretty minimal. What we really want to be hearing about is the kind of your action within those examples and the outcomes at the end of it. And then like, it doesn't have to be a good outcome every time, right? Life is not perfect, but I guess what you then learnt on the back of those is really important. So once you have all those brainstormed examples and you know kind of how you'd want to talk to each of those examples, you're definitely going to need to, to practice them. And I mean, you can get a friend or a parent to just ask you set questions. Like there are so many of these, uh, if you just kind of Google like behavioral questions and you can kind of just arm them with a list, like make it, make it easy on them, print off a list of questions and say, can you ask me some of these when it relates to say teamwork or something like that? And that, I guess the next focus in actually answering those questions is don't shy away from the time pressure when you're hearing something that you haven't 
explicitly uh, prepared for. Like there might be a slant on the question that that kind of takes you off guard. And I guess the whole idea of this is you don't want to try and you don't want to try and give yourself too much time to think because you're not going to have that time in the interview. So it's training your mind to kind of adapt and and actually answer what the question properly asking without trying to mold, I guess, the question into your answer, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I might just jump in there. So when responding to those questions, is there a certain way or structure for answering those? We've all sort of heard of the STAR framework, but do you prefer sort of when candidates sort of get straight to the point or do you prefer sort of more detail when they respond to those questions? I think getting straight to the point, um, I, like, well, sorry, the STAR works perfectly well. Uh, I don't think you should try and fix what isn't broken. I just would put a minimal emphasis on like, I guess, the situational, or oh, the situation, sorry, at the start. Like, so the context to, to your answer is not the be all and end all. We don't want to hear a timeline of, of what happened. We kind of want to hear about the, the results and, and your actions more than anything. And then on the back end of that, your key takeaways, I guess. So it's more about like the learning process versus I had a really bad group mate in my university project and, and here's why it all went so wrong. Yeah, that's great. So moving on to sort of the video recorded interviews now, how do you assess candidate submissions for these? You mentioned that being genuine sort of stood out to you more in sort of in-person interviews. Is there a way that you think people can sort of show these that in recorded interviews? I actually think uh, recorded interviews are some of the toughest formats. I think I remember when I was interviewing as a as a graduate and a few firms had started bringing these in and um, they actually scared the living daylights out of me, to be honest. I guess what makes them so hard is like there's no feedback, there's no body language, there's no tone of voice. Like you're not getting anything back from, from a lens, right? So I guess that that's kind of step one. So just just kind of know you're going in there and it's going to be a really unnatural environment. But at the end of the day, I think we're after the same thing from an in-person interview as we are in a video interview. You're going to be asked a range of questions from motivation, the soft skills, the technicals. The only difference is you, you're very tight on time, right? You, you see the question. Uh, you're going to have limited time to kind of think about your answers. And that's kind of where the preparation for the in-person uh, interviews, as I was mentioning earlier, in the sense that like get your get your friends or your parents to ask you strange questions, try and answer them. Like the more you do that, the better your answers become, and the more coherent you are. Like I don't want you kind of rambling on forever. You just kind of you've got to get your mind kind of into that right set. That said, like I think one of the best video interviews I've seen to date. Somehow they were smiling the entire time. And actually, that comes across really well. It kind of just exuded the fact they were relaxed and confident. And, and even though, like, he wasn't he wasn't exactly perfecting the answers, it's just he kind of knew what he was about, and he did it in a relaxed manner. And I think that kind of puts you as an interviewer. And I mean, you want to see people interview well, right? So I think that kind of puts you at ease as well. But otherwise, it's actually going to be very similar to, to the in-person uh, interviews. It's just, you know, you're going to get a range of questions. You know, you're going to be under time pressure. You know, it's going to be unnatural. Just try not to, 
to look around at, at different things on the screen, just kind of focus on a single pointer because, yeah, that kind of movement and stuff is distracting. Um, That's great. And I think, you know, your interviewers or the people watching those can really tell with the body language and facial expressions. On the topic of sort of nerves, I think it's no, everyone's no stranger to nerves going into interviews. How do you think candidates can sort of overcome the nerves or what can they do right before the interview to calm themselves down? Yeah, I, I think I, I always struggled with the nerves thing as well when it came to interviews. The kind of more you do it, the more you realise that they are just human beings sitting across from you. Like they do want to see you perform well because I mean no one wants to see the see the each other at their worst type thing but one thing that I'm not sure if it worked for me or not but but when I was interviewing or if I'm going to be in a stressful situation like there's these power poses so it may be really stupid but like just kind of chest out hands on hips stand tall like breathe properly I mean if, if nothing else you might just feel a bit stupid but at least that takes kind of the edge off and I guess like at the end of the day, you got to realize that these interviews are actually like a two-way street. You're going in there to figure out whether you want to work with them as well. Like going into a graduate position, it's a big commitment. Like it could be the next five years of your life. So, I mean, you want to be talking to the people across the table from you and figuring out like, okay, are these the guys I want to work with? Is this what I want to spend a majority of my waking hours doing? So, my interviewers are not immune from nervousness either. Like we, we kind of go in there and we want to try and find the right person as well. But yeah. Thanks for that, Oscar. Yeah, just to uh, jump in for a second. So no, sometimes no matter how much I've prepared for interviews or if I've got my nerves in check, like I'll, I'll tend to make a mistake on a technical question or I might slip up. Do you have any tips for moving forward through that situation, how you can recover from such an event? Yeah, I mean, sometimes the occasion can definitely get the best of you, right? And I think before we even kind of get to making the mistake, my first piece of advice here would be when you get a tricky question, you can just take a moment to think, take a breath, give yourself some filler words. I always use like, oh, that's, that's a great question. And I mean, that kind of stops you immediately like blurting something out and kind of going down a path that, is wrong or and then you feel committed to and you know you're going to make the mistake because you haven't thought about it properly so I think giving yourself those few little moments is actually and you don't need long it's a couple seconds that like that's an immense amount of time for your kind of brain to process things and then like you can begin your answer you're also perfectly allowed to well it's perfectly acceptable to ask the interviewer for clarity around questions I mean like I said interviewers are far from perfect they might have missed a, a key bit of information if it's say like a technical or like a problem solving skill. They could have just glossed over a single word in front of them and suddenly like it becomes unsolvable. So I, I think you're you're allowed to ask for clarity on questions. And that also actually just gives you more time to to kind of start thinking through things. And I mean taking like pen and paper and and into an interview is is fine as well in the sense that like you can if they're multi-part questions you can kind of just like quickly jot down what you need to answer and then and then you're allowed to refer back to that but I guess when it comes to actually making the mistake when you're in the interview I actually would almost prefer a candidate that just stops said you know what I think I've realized that I've made a mistake and 
and I think here, here's where my, my, my mistake was. Uh, I guess like kind of rewind and be kind of go back to that spot where you started uh, answering wrong, say, here's probably where my error is. I'm going to say, this is what I should have said, and then kind of continue from there. Interviewers are kind of generally going to lead you down the right path somewhat if you're like, if you're really struggling. And don't take silence as a negative. That probably just kind of waiting to see if there's any more answer behind. And and if you really know, like, you've, you've messed up a question, just know that not every candidate nails every question. Like, it's, it's very simple. Like, if it's a hard question, other candidates might find it hard too. And and every new question is another opportunity to display, like, what you know. And even though one question might be hard, the next one you might, like, get bang on. I guess the other question, not inconsequential, but of less consequence that you, you didn't absolutely um, nail. So deep breath, move on uh, <laughs> if you really yes. can't figure it out. And just, just know that, that you have more chances to impress like on further questions. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, that sort of goes back to your point of being genuine and kind of honest with your interviewers as well. It kind of shows, makes you more human that you make a mistake and you acknowledge it. And then you can kind of come back from that as well. So I think that's a really good point there. You also sort of mentioned how it's about candidates finding whether a company is right for them as well. There's sort of the opportunity for candidates generally to ask questions at the end. What are you expecting from individuals at this point? And is there a sort of right and wrong with these questions? Yeah, I mean, questions of the interviewers, I think like it's always good, always good to have something up your sleeve, right? Like it kind of shows an interest in the role. And you're probably not going to know exactly what that team or that role is doing every day. And I guess coming from the outside, it's actually, you might have an idea and you might think it's a dumb question. But I think when people get asked about themselves, that would be like people like talking about themselves, right? So definitely, definitely having a question about kind of what the job is or say you're going for the internship, like what the kind of structure of the internship might look like. Is it like project based? Will I get to rotate? I think just take an interest in the role, like have, have questions lined up so that, that are kind of targeting the role because some of these industries out there, you don't see them that much from the outside. And R1 is probably like a classic one. It kind of flies below, below the radar a little. So kind of just, just finding out what, what we're up to kind of can give us a chance to explain like what we are doing. And then you can be like, oh, well, that's definitely not what I imagined that this role was going to be. Or does that sound interesting? I guess, yeah, it's, it's the two-way street thing. you got to figure it out. Yeah. And it shows that you're sort of, if you've got questions, you've sort of done the research and you want to learn more. And I think that kind of is something that interviewers like to see as well. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. So last question from me, in terms of weighing up culture fit and also how candidates answer questions, what is the kind of weighting between those two? Do you sort of consider culture fit and how they'd slot into the team or is it more primarily based on how candidates answer questions? I think there, there is definitely a focus on, on that cultural fit before you even get to a, a video interview or an uh, in-face interview here you're going to be coming up against a kind of an HR enforced cultural test. And sure, you could argue about the, the accuracy of some of these, but you do have to hit certain metrics on these cultural tests to kind of make it through. And I guess that goes back to 
those answers, well, I, I guess we talked about earlier in terms of these soft skill questions uh, and how each firm's kind of trying to drive a, a certain culture in their own organization, it's probably going to be focused around those, right? And I guess the next part kind of process is like, like the how interviewer or interviewee, sorry, answers a question versus the pure content. I think they a little bit go hand in hand in terms of, I think how you answer the question is definitely important and a coherent answer is much easier to, to understand. We're looking for, for good communication. We're looking for someone we're going to be able to, to work with for an extended time. Like there are guys on the desk here who've been working in this place for 30, 35 years. So it's almost like a bit of a lifetime commitment in the sense that, that you kind of, you definitely want to get the right candidate and you know you might be working with them for a really long time. So I think that is, it is definitely important. Saying that the content is very important too. There's a massively wide range of personalities and backgrounds on our team in particular so and like we all have a kind of different thing that makes us tick so I think having that diversity is important as well so we are we don't really pigeonhole people to a degree we're just we're just kind of looking for for someone where we want to work with. Cool thanks for that Oscar uh, just before we wrap it up just wanted to open it up to you if you wanted to talk to any UBS programs or events that might be coming up. Yeah I think um, obviously UBS offers the office graduate programs, so offers summer internships. Uh, I'm unsure about any kind of in-person in events coming up due to the whole uh, COVID situation. But I guess like just to to run through um, internships, they usually about eight weeks over November through to Feb, and I think they're a really good way to get your foot in the door in the sense that. There's probably a few more positions in graduate roles, but also it's, it's kind of for the interns. It's a, it's a try before you buy type mentality. And though there's no guarantee of jobs at the end of it, the, the success rate is like the, or the conversion rate is theoretically really good. And, but it kind of gives you the opportunity to see like, and actually work with the team because um, for, for however long it is, like a few months and, I guess when you're kind of going through an interview process for a graduate position, you you might meet your hiring manager a couple of times, and it's a it's a very artificial situation, right? In the sense that it's only um, a few hours, and then jumping in for for an extended period of time when you actually start working there. So I think the summer internship is a great way, and then obviously graduate programs, like they they're just the kind of standard programs there's less rotation especially down on the trading floor here so you kind of uh you're quite locked into a team like you can rotate within that team a little bit um and you do see it all because uh, they're relatively small teams but it's not a really large rotation but that said there's plenty of internal mobility at UBS yeah that's great Thank you so much for today, Oscar. It's been great to hear all your insights on interviews and I'm sure lots of students will find it 
really valuable when they've got their next interview coming up. Now, you sort of mentioned like getting your parents to ask you some interview questions as practice. So luckily for all our students, we've got the Careers and Employability Office who offers private one-on-one sessions with business school careers consultants. And that's so that you can practice your interview techniques or go in over any questions that you're struggling with. And you can book those via the Business School Career Hub Next week, we will be covering how to make the most of the internship once you've landed it and how you can seal that graduate role um, for the next year. Thank you so much again, Oscar. We really appreciate your time. My pleasure.